So really, though, I want to give you vision for OSL and remind you of why we're doing it. Now, we're going to have like four, go ahead and grab that mic. We're going to have like four level twos this year, six level ones. So if you can't do it in this season, that's all right. We'll get you another season. Yeah, don't use any excuse, though. If you can start it now, do it now, right? Don't put off today what you can do tomorrow. No, wait, what? It? What is it? Don't do today what you can do tomorrow. No, I don't remember what it was, but something like that. Anyways, do OSL. But Joanne has been a member of our church for many, many years. Let me check the uh, volume there. And, um, and so Joanne, she's been around, I don't know, maybe even since the 90s, right? 94, 96. And uh, so we've been longtime friends, and she's been here before I was the senior pastor, probably before I was saved. And <laughs> wow. Diapers. Yeah, right. I know. Seriously. I know, really. Most people would think that, huh? I know. <laughs> Were you born like 97? <laughs> Seriously. 79, okay? Calculate that out. I remember that. I can tell people I was born in the 70s. I can do that, right? I can say that. So, um, barely. Uh, anyways, what were we talking about? Yeah, you were in the 8th grade. I don't remember what we were talking about. Oh, yeah, we're talking about Joanne. She's amazing. She's a woman of God. I'll tell you, though, God did some amazing... She's been walking with Jesus for a long time, but God did some amazing things in her through the level 1, 2, and 3 of OSL. Right? She's been through three levels. She's going to do level 4, probably, coming up here. And, um, but I wanted her to share briefly what the Lord has done in her. What, what was some of that catalyst, that change? So go ahead and just maybe share a little bit before, after kind of thing. Can you hear me? I think we're good, yeah. Well, first off, I want to point out you have a preacher and attorney up here, so we can be here a while. <laughs> I have, um, if I could just go on, I could probably keep us here all day. This is just amazing. I've, had, I've been thinking over and over about what I should say, and I finally just threw away my notes and said, i got to wing it because there's just too many things. Yeah. Let God tell me which one stories to say. Um, so let's see. Level one, I started. We started that. Oh, another thing I want to say is I did not lose my job when I was in OSL. <laughs> did not. Um, about a month. Let's see. That was in June of '09. So I think we started OSL probably in like June or July. I had done the scariest thing I ever done in my whole life, and that's saying a whole lot. I'm telling you, if you knew me, I quit a great government paid secure job. Um, that I had never intended to leave, just jumped out of the boat. God said, go. I said, okay. And, um, and I opened my own practice, and I was out there on my own, and I was terrified. It was, the first week was fun. After that, I was like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? And I was just horrified the whole time. So OSL came along at a perfect time. So I started it the first time it was offered. And, um, and it was a great opportunity for me to just keep my sanity to be so focused in the Bible and the Word because I, um, I knew I had heard God, but the second you're out there and you're walking on that water, oh boy, it, you start sinking fast. And, um, and, if I didn't, and OSL is the level one. I think the primary thing it did for me was just gave me strength and um, to, to just keep going. I, I, uh, I, I did not want to. I was ready to run back to my job and beg him to come back. I'll come back, cut my pay, I don't care. I didn't do that because God reminded me on a regular basis. Because you're you're overwhelmed, you're so in, into the word. And uh, I was also blessed that the second level two started shortly after second level one, two months maybe at that. Um, so I didn't have much time to slide back out of the practices. Um, so I kept on with the daily reading. I did stop the journaling because that sucks. I'm no good at that. Um, but everything else I just kept doing. Um, so when we jump into level two, that was one of the most amazing times. That's when they talk about um, um, covenant. And I, I, I've been in church my whole life, and I know what covenant is. I know I have a covenant with God through Jesus. None of that is new. But, oh, my goodness, every week I am learning something new that I've never heard before. And that's not to say that my Christian uh, um, education was not good. It's just that it's such a different way of looking at it. And for the first time in my life, I was able to go from, you know, from the, the first covenant with Abraham at point A to every single point connected to Z, which is me, mm-hmm. directly. And it was, it was enlightening and inspiring. I can't even but it was level three that really changed my life. And, I mean, I, I can't, don't even have a whole lot of words. Level three is just, you, you just got to do it. It is another story, of course, in the Bible. We've all read a thousand times, and we think we know, and we've read it and studied it in many different ways. 
but it's presented in a way that's so new and so different and just life-changing, just absolutely mind-boggling life-changing. And, um, and, and I can tell you all kinds of stuff, but trying to figure out, it, it's been years now. I mean, how many years? I can't count from 09 to now. It's been a lot of years. <laughs> But since I did this OSL, and I tried it, I started out four once, and I got sick, so I had to stop. And then last time you started on a day, I was out of town because you're mean that way. And um, so I'm still waiting to start it again. But um, level four, but since level three, my life has just taken so many amazing turns, and there's so many stories I can tell. Um, the, I think the most dramatic one that affects what our your study is right now is during a, from the time I left my job. I think, like I said, I had a good week, and then it was terror. I started pursuing clients and money like crazy, but I also started pursuing another job. So just as much effort was going into finding a new job as was going into finding clients. And, um, and it was, I don't know, so it all started about the time I left my job in June. So it was probably about maybe six months after level three ended. I don't know, something like that. Um, I got, I, I was doing well in my practice, mind you. I was terrified. You asked me during the time. I would tell you this is the worst thing in the world. I'm not making any money. I made more money in that time than I've made in my whole life. I just didn't realize it because it doesn't come regularly. You don't realize it. You know, that huge amount of money, it disappears so fast, and then you go months without it. It's like, ah, I don't like living that way. Um, but as I'm pursuing jobs, I, um, I got hired at the Social Security Agency during a hiring freeze. Not only was I hired during a hiring freeze, but a year later, I got promoted during a hiring freeze, and that was a huge pay bump. And since then, I've gotten overtime when they've said there's no overtime. I've gotten it when I'm the only one getting it. I've got so much favor in my office, I've never had in any job ever, even when I was the boss. That, uh, right. That, I, that I, it's just it's this one day, story after another. It's like you've just, this, just yesterday I was able to take some overtime and work two days of overtime when everybody else only got one because I've the management loves me so much, and I, I beg them constantly. And, um, and that's, a, that's just a miracle, one miracle after another. Um, one thing I started doing a few years ago is working from home a couple days a week, and, which is another big blessing of this job. And, um, and I can't be in quiet. It has to be noise always. So I started turning the TV on when I'm working. Well, I didn't want anything too distracting, so I turned on the church channel which is something that I, I, that's another miracle there. I'm a child of the 80s, and I don't know how many of you remember all the televangelist scandals. I'm pretty much anti-Christian TV. It's just embedded in my DNA. <laughs> but I turned this one on because um, Jack Hayford had a show on it, and so I watched that, so I knew this channel wasn't so bad. And um, let me tell you, this is something that comes, I think, from what speaks from level three, the concept of rain level three. That was I just wanted to get some rhema flowing through my house, which is the spoken word of God. I've been reading the Bible all my life. I've been praying and, and singing songs forever. But when you speak the word and have it just spoken around you, the way it changes everything is just, it's impossible to describe. So I started playing the church channel just all day in my house. Whether I'm sitting and watching it, paying attention or not, it doesn't matter because the rhema's flowing. And I'll turn it on and go walk the dog. I leave it on. And my, I know that uh, my son thinks I'm crazy, but that's okay because he's one of the targets. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, that's good. Um, when I first started doing that, we had people living in our house, and one of them was doing some things quietly behind the scenes, underhand, and trying to really cause problems in my family and in my, um, just in our, our, our life. And, um, and that was something I was absolutely oblivious to because I'm a good person, a nice person. I can't believe people would actually live out these soap opera type things and it just exploded it just became so clear and exploded and I was able to get that person out of our home and get peace back again there was another incident that uh, I could go on for hours but it was a huge thing it included like major betrayal of my oldest friends it was a potential financial disaster for me um, and it was building up and I didn't have any clue and it just when it hit the fan I was like totally shocked but I was able to just because I had the rhema going, and I know that's what it is. I'm, another thing I do, I'm so good at telling stories, I can't keep it. Podcast. I live on the podcast. I, I don't listen to the radio anymore. I have no idea what Toby Keith's newest song is because all I listen to on the radio is Jerry and Dave and Joyce Meyer and a few other people. Um, I'm just, I just have it going all the time, and that's what really gets in, whether you listen or not, it gets there. 
But every then, time I would start thinking about these things that would start to happen, anger would start to come up. I would just pray, you know, God, take away the anger, replace it with forgiveness. I can't deal with this. And believe me, it's not the first time I've made that prayer, but it's the first time it always worked. Amen. I got through that whole thing, and it's way behind me now. I have not had more than two minutes of anger at a time. I have no yeah. pain. I can look back, and I'm grateful these people are out of my life now, but I can now look back at all the years we were friends and be happy and not have that. Mm. And I know that's the rhema. I mean, let me tell you, it's just amazing. Um, I can go on and on, but the, the biggest thing, I think, is, uh, is my daughter. My daughter and I, is probably knows me better than anybody, yep. and believe me, we've been through it. It's amazing we have a good relationship, but she knows the worst of me. She does not know the best of me, but... Uh, about a year ago, was it a year ago? She was uh, mm-hmm. at the wedding. She got married uh, about a year ago, and she was, um, Dave did the wedding, and I think just before that, was it? She was cutting her hair, yeah. and I was hanging out, and you, she, we, Joanne and I had already talked, and Joanne had told me, like, man, I used to be, like, crazy and, like, freak out well, and stuff, you know, a little bit. <laughs> and, and, but Joanne would tell me, like, the whole, the, the, through the OSL and the Word of God, right, mm-hmm. bringing you more stability, breaking off these, this anger stuff, right? Well, anyways, I'm kind of like, I want to fish, so I was like talking to, to, uh, to Stephanie like, oh, yeah, how are you doing and blah, blah, blah. Well, we love your mom and, and all this stuff. And I just like kind of putting it out there. And Stephanie says, oh, yeah, last couple years my, my mom is completely different. And like she doesn't know it's OSL. She doesn't know it's the truth of God's word. But she started explaining like these very things like about your personality or some of these things and literally out of the mouth of her own daughter saying, she, my mom's totally different. And I was like, well, that's a testimony right there. It's a huge testimony because I, like, I am a crazy person. I was a crazy person. <laughs> I had a crazy life. I have very, lots of anger and lots of, uh, of bad situations. I got married the first time when I was 20, divorced the third time when I was 30. met all my husbands in church. I mean, I was always in church. But it took a long time for God to get in there and really do a lot of changes and it was, I think it was coming to this church back in 96. I mean, Metzger had a huge impact yep. on keeping the, helping me find peace. But it was the OSL that really gave me the tools that I've been searching my whole life to make it a part of my personality, Amen. part of my DNA. And yeah. um, one story happened yesterday. I've got to share this one. Um, I tell, I tell, he, he knew I was a lawyer when he told me to ask me to come <laughs> up here. I, I've got a lot of them. I could go on all day. Yesterday, um, I have my, um, my, my supervisor at my office is the greatest gal in the world. She absolutely loves me. Do, do, doesn't really care much about anything about me except that I am the best worker she's got, and she doesn't care what I do as long as I keep getting it done. And so I get away with it a lot. Yesterday, I don't know. I just went to turn in my overtime slip, and she, she called me her office. She said, where do you go to church? And, and so she's moved out here from um, Indiana about two or three go to be our supervisor and she hasn't found a church yet and so we started talking and she's a recovering catholic so she's in a really kind of desperate place not quite sure about where to go what to do and unfortunately she's in beaumont so i can't really i'm sure i'm not gonna really get her here but i've got her i was telling her how awesome this place is i didn't tell anything about osl just um i think the clincher when i told her my son was baptized at a super bowl party i think that really clinched her that we are the kind of church she would want to go to but i mean it's it she didn't know I had a degree, a degree in religion. She didn't know that. Um, right. She just knew that um, she's on my Facebook, so she sees occasional church things posting. But, you know, I know I, I work for the federal government. You can't share your faith there and keep your job, but you can every time something good happens to me, which is quite frequently it seems like. I'm always saying, oh, thank God, or, you know, Amen. that's from God. You know, I'm always throwing that out there so she knows. And, and she's like, oh, i got to, you know, she... Uh, she, when, you, when you come back on Tuesday, we gotta, you got to talk about this book I read, and I gotta, we got to talk. Good. So, I mean, just, just being yourself, just being myself through what, all the, using all the tools. Oh, and by the way, I don't know if you know this, but the YouVersion app on, um, for your phone has Solid Life Journal on it. Yeah. So I, I, I get to read my, my Bible reading. I usually do it in the office or before I get out of bed or whatever. Good. I don't remember the last time I cracked open a Bible book. Um, which is kind of the bad side of it because that's something you miss. But it really makes it a lot easier to keep up. And here I still read it all these Good. years later. And it's a great thing just knowing that, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully a hundred other people are reading the same things you are each day. Amen. I can go on. You're, you're awesome, Joanne. Thank you.
Praise God for what he's doing. Praise God. Awesome. Well, hey, let's get into the word ourselves and get some breakthrough. Amen? So turn with me to John chapter 8, is where we started last week as well. John chapter 8, and we're learning the truths and the principles to overcome. Remember, we're learning that not only has Jesus forgiven us of every sin, but he has set us free from the power of sin. So we're learning, amen, we're learning that we're, we're righteous in Christ, but we still have this battle. We still have this flesh, this old ways of, of thinking, old habits, old man, right? So we have this flesh, and so we're in this battle. As long as we're in this world, we're still going to be battling between our righteous spirit is going to be battling with this flesh. And yet we've been learning that in the word of God, Jesus promises us overcoming, right? He promises that we can overcome through faith. He promises that we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. And so, is that like, I I feel loud. I feel really loud. Is it a little bit too loud? Yeah, thanks. We're just kind of, it's a little bit too hot. I know I'm amazing, but we don't need to... We don't need to, like, overpower everybody. So, um, so basically, we've been learning how to overcome. Amen? How, if we'll walk in the Spirit, if we'll depend on Jesus, His power will set us free. And that's what we see there in John chapter 8, right? Verse 31 and 32, Jesus said this to the, the Jews who believed in Him. If you abide in my word, you are disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Did you see that? Do you notice that Jesus saying, if you'll abide in me, if you'll walk with me, if you'll continue with me, which he's talking about an intimate relationship where we're depending upon him. But did you notice what we're abiding in? Specifically, his word, right? His word. Why is that? It's because he's given us everything we need in his word. That truth in his word is the power to release that freedom in our lives. It's not us earning that freedom. It's us trying to get ourselves strong enough, tough, tough it out, you know, get over that sin or that anger or that lust or those lies. No, it's his power. He's saying, I'll set you free. It'll be the truth, the power of the truth of my word that will set you free. But what? As you trust me, as you abide in me, which is why Joanne was talking about just getting her heart flooded with the word. So this is what we've been learning. We've been learning to trust the Lord. And remember, we've been, we focused on those five C's. A lot of you have mentioned to me, by the way, boy, that's really helping me. You're saying, yeah, those five C's. Why? Because they're how to walk in the Spirit. Kurt said it brilliantly the other day. He said, yeah, just as I follow Jesus, I just do those things. I said, yeah, that's the point. If you'll walk in the Spirit and you'll follow Him and trust the Lord, you just do these things, but we need to do them consciously and we need to do that, all of them, right? You might just do one or two of them, but no, just remember we... we uh, I forgot to bring it, but I had that combination lock last week. Those of you who weren't here, I had this like five-number combination. And I said, look, you need all five numbers, right? And so it's as we seek the Lord and press into his word that the Holy Spirit speaks to us about what those numbers are, what those truths are, and that truth is what unlocks that lock or sets us free. So we, we talked about this, that we need to consider who we are in Christ. We need to know who we are. We need to know the truth of his word. We need to confess sin. We need to co- confess that. Uh, we need to confess that sin. We need to cut off wrong habits. We need to consecrate our heart to the Lord, which is basically obedience, right? Just doing what the Lord calls us to do, and then cry out to the Lord for help like we were doing earlier in worship. Honestly, as I was worshiping, the Lord reminded me, all of this is simply agreement with Him. Really what faith is. It's dependence on the Lord, but faith is coming into agreement with God. It's an issue of allegiance. It's saying, Lord, what you say is sin, is sin. And who, if you say I'm righteous, and I'm dead to sin and alive to God, then I really am. Because you said it. It's believing Him, taking out His word. It's coming into agreement with God. Same thing with crying out to the Lord, like we did today. God, I confess, you're the only one. I need you. Why? Because it's true. Same thing with consecration. It has to do with coming to the Lord and saying, if you say not to do that, or if you say to do that, I agree with you. Do you understand? It's really that simple. We're trusting him and depending on him and coming into agreement. And what happens? What happens? He lives through us. He obeys God through us. You're not trying to earn anything. His life, his righteousness, his power through us as we trust him and come into agreement with him. Right? That's why we've been saying, Galatians 2.20, I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me. The life I live, I live by faith. 
right here. Just trusting him, okay? But the Lord, the Lord showed me, this is really, really how this series came about. The Lord showed me that he wants to deal with specific strongholds, specific issues in people's lives. Not just generally. Not just generally here are the principles for you to get free generally, but the Lord showed me specific things. In fact, uh, like the Holy Spirit woke me up, showed me some things, right? So I, I literally saw in my spirit, and, then, and he spoke to me. It was like kind of this combo thing. The Lord began to show me people in this church, not necessarily specific people, like not like you or name specifically, but people in the church getting free. I could see it getting free from specific strongholds. And you know the first one that he showed me? Like, it was the, kind of a weird, it, I don't, this doesn't normally happen to me. It's not the way God normally speaks to me. I could see anger just falling off people. And so what the Lord showed me is that starting today, we're going to deal with specific strongholds. The Lord wants to take the truth of his word, right? It is the truth that will set you free. But he wants to take the truth of his word like, like a laser, with laser precision, the Lord wants to go in there and pinpoint that lie or that stronghold or that sin that's in the flesh. You're forgiven, but he wants to set you free. And he wants with laser precision to get in there and just cut it out. You know, like cancer, cancer is actually your own cells not working the way they should. Well, amen, we're the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. We're made in the image of God. Jesus wants to heal and redeem us, right? Cancer is a distortedness of creation. Same thing with sin, right? It's a cancer. The Lord wants to get in there with pride, anxiety, fear, insecurity, accusations against God, addictions, lust. And he wants to get in there with laser precision and say, this is how to get free. Amen? Starting with anger today. Starting with anger, the Lord wants to come in and show us how to get free from anger. For example, imagine this. Somebody comes in my office and says, Pastor, th- this has been a really good series. I've, I've been through level one even and just loving that. God's doing some good stuff. I mean, I've never understood the gospel like I have. They come in there, come in my office. This is a hypothetical, but could easily have happened. And say, but I'm really struggling with anger. Okay, what, what do you mean? Now, what am I going to do? I'm going to be compassionate, right? We don't, we, we, don't, we don't condemn anyone around here, right? In fact, you need to know that in our church, you're safe. You confess, you repent, you're safe. Never be rejected. But you've got to understand this. Sin is not safe in our church. That's important. Do you know that? If sin were safe, this would not be a safe place to be, right? If it would be okay for people to sin, that's not Okay. Sin is not safe here, but you're safe. Means that, that's kind of scary, by the way, right? That's actually why people run away from God, too. Because when you get into the light, when you're in the light, like a church like this, or when you're in God's presence, in the light, he's going to deal with the sin. But he's always inviting to confess. That's how we are. So someone comes and sits down and tells me, Dave, I'm still struggling with this. I'm going to compassionately begin to sort this out with them. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by anger? Oh, man, I mean, I just blow up. Seriously, like, I'll get mad, I don't even know why, and I'll just say the meanest things to people. Or maybe particularly to my spouse or my kids, I'll just explode. So, okay, so they're telling me this. Do they need something other than the gospel? OSL just didn't work for you. Well, I just have to get a different program, you know? Do they need something other than the truth of God's word? No, that's the deception a lot of times in our culture. I need something else. No, 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 no. What we need is the same truth. This is the crazy thing. This is the crazy thing. You say, but I already know the Bible. But I already know the gospel. Listen, you don't need a new gospel. You don't need a new Jesus. Kind of like what Joanne said. No, you need to hear the same thing you've always heard, but we need it with laser precision. So what that friend needs, that person that comes in and sits down with me, and says, Dave, I love what you're saying. You're telling me that I need to consider, I need to confess, I need to cut off, but man, it's not working for me. Like when I go home on Monday, bam, I just forget everything you just said. I don't know how to do this. See, so we come alongside people, and then we say, okay, brother, let's walk this through. So literally, let me talk with you today about what would I say to that person. In fact, I'm so intimately acquainted with anger, let me just tell you what God did in me, okay? 
The Lord has healed me and set me free from so much that I'm literally just going to show you how the Lord set me free as I did the five C's. Does it make sense? As I walked in the Spirit and did what the Lord said. Now, here's what we do. Here's what we do. We walk into three things, three things that I would walk this person through. So I say, okay, brother, let's walk this through together. Now, what are we going to do? Are we going to go to somewhere else? No, we're going to go right to the truth of his word, right? Right to the gospel, and we're going to look at three things. Number one, we're going to look at what is the lie behind that sin. We've got to make sure that we understand what's the sin of anger, how does it manifest, and what's the lie that I'm believing. You always know, always, every sin is attached to a lie. So what's the lie? Does the Bible tell us what the lie is, what the sin is? Why do we need to know that? So we can get beat up with condemnation? No, because it's like a laser just cutting that cancer off, right? Light shining on that. Number two, we need to know the truth that will set us free. There are specific promises in the word of God that will release power into your life to set you free from that anger. Does it make sense? If it's a sin, if it's a lie, there is a truth that will set you free. And the gospel is very specific. And number three, we need a strategy, don't we? Or strategies. We need strategies to walk out of that anger and into the fruit of the Holy Spirit, into what God has for us. We need strategies to change our habits, to change the way we think, talk, and such. Okay, did you got that? Three things. The root or the lie. We could probably just say lie. The root of the sin. The promise to overcome or simply the truth. And number three, the strategies, all right? So everyone say the lie, the truth, and the strategies. Okay, all I'm going to encourage you to do is that if you have some stronghold in your life, that's exactly what you need Jesus to do. Lord, I'm going to go into your word, show me the lie, show me the truth, and give me strategies. You got it? It's really that simple. You can do this for anything that's going on in your life, but I'm going to specifically show you with anger. And then in the next couple of weeks, we'll deal with some other strongholds as well. All right, so number one, let's talk about anger. I mean, let's talk about that lie of anger. So Lord, we invite you right now, like a laser, like the sword of your spirit, cut away at these things that are not of you. Expose the lie, reveal the truth, and impart these strategies to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, and by the way, I'm doing this because you may not deal with anger, but it'll model to you how to get free from something you struggle with. But I, I know in my spirit, many, many here today are going to get free from this particular thing. I know it. I know it. Because the Lord showed me. I wouldn't be doing this if the Lord didn't show me. All right. So, number one, I'm going to go to a bunch of scriptures and uh, just try to write them down. All right, here we go. So, first one, <clears throat> wait, that, that wasn't good. Hello. Hello, iPad. Come on. Come on, technology. Here we go. Come back to me. All right. So, the first one is in Galatians chapter 5. Let me just show you right here from the, from the list of, the, uh, the, list of uh, the works of the flesh. Look at right here in the list of the works of the flesh. Anger. Galatians 5, 19 through 20. Let me go through this quicker once I get going. All right. It says right here, listen to this. Uh, Galatians 5, 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, drunkenness rivalries, and the like. These are the works of the flesh. These are what the Lord wants to overcome. Did you notice right there in the list, outbursts of wrath. Paul calls these the cravings of our flesh. The cravings, the lust, the desires. Outbursts of wrath that bring contention, strife, disunity, that hurt other people. Outbursts of wrath. What does that mean, outbursts of wrath? You just find yourself saying stuff you shouldn't say about yourself, others, mean things. You do things you know you shouldn't do. You make some foolish choices or some sinful choices. You get angry and you hit somebody or you, you know, road rage nowadays or you cut somebody off or you're cursing somebody out. That's, that's outbursts of wrath. That's literally your flesh, your old man craving to do something it shouldn't do, right? Just right there. It says it right there, outbursts of wrath. What we're not talking about today is that you get angry at injustice. No, no, there is such a thing as righteous anger, but righteous anger is always rooted in the love of God for others, Always rooted in justice. The problem is a lot of times we get angry because of perceived wrong. Perceived wrong. And it leads to, 
the wrath of man, which is not the righteousness of God. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, this. Ephesians 4, 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, it'd be like yelling at each other and stuff, and evil speaking be put away from you with malice. See, some people, when they get angry, they get loud, they yell, they break things, okay? They get out of control. Other people do what's called, walk in what's called malice. Pop psychology calls that passive-aggressive. <clears throat> malice means, I'm going to get back at them. You may not blow up at, at somebody, but when you withhold affection, when you start playing games, want to hurt somebody so you hurt them emotionally or you do some sly thing to get back at them or revenge, that's malice. That's revenge. It's a heart of bitterness. Some people, they don't burst out in anger so you don't see that they're angry but they are just as angry as other people, right? All right? So you can be outwardly angry or you could have this what's called malice which is another outburst of a different form of wrath. Either way, What this does is it brings brokenness to your own heart and it brings brokenness to relationships. And anyone who's angry, they probably have seen some of those effects. A lot of times, though, angry people, they don't realize that they're hurting other people. Remember, because it's a work of the flesh, it's basically selfishness, you don't even realize you're hurting people. You don't even think about the fact that your words just brought death to them and is bringing destruction to your relationship. A lot of times. Especially people who are passive-aggressive because they say, I'm not angry. I don't know what you're talking about. And yet there's this malice that's like little razor, razor blade cuts in people's hearts that just wound, 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 wound. Okay? But sometimes when we're angry, or sometimes we're, we're angry people like that, malicious people or bitter or, or we have that kind of outburst of wrath, we don't realize that we're being selfish. For example, let me go through some Proverbs. Proverbs 14, 17. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly. Angry people do foolish things. They say foolish things. They do foolish things. A lot of times, there are even people who get so mad. Actually, people who are quick-tempered, they lose reason. In fact, they've actually proven this you know, scientifically, the whole chemical in the brain thing. But literally, it's like reason's gone, right? So there are people who have committed adultery, Because they're just angry. I'm going to get back at her. I know some of you are like, what? And other you're like, I know. Anger is bad. Malice, bitterness, it's a poison. People who will waste money, blow up a relationship, blow up a great job opportunity, ruin their opportunity for promotion, all because they couldn't control what they said or what they would do. Blow it up, bam, right? Foolishness, foolishness with work, with relationships, foolishness, sometimes gamble, sometimes, like I said, adultery, sometimes get into addictions, little, like, I'm going to get back at her. I'm going to show her, or I'm going to show him, right? This is the kind of thing. Foolishness happens. I mean, that's really what road rage is, right? It's so mad, somebody, you find yourself running somebody off the road or cutting somebody off. It's absolute foolishness, right? People can get hurt. People can die. This kind of stuff happens in California way too much. All right. Foolishness. Foolishness. Uh, Proverbs fifteen eighteen. A wrathful man stirs up strife, division, brokenness in relationship, disunity. A wrathful man stirs up strife, maybe through gossip. Right? They're mad at the pastor or they're mad at a friend and they're going to talk about them behind their back and they're going to start bringing division to the church or to a friendship or something like that. A wrathful man stirs up strife because you just got to say it. You just got to, mm, instead of letting it go, instead of controlling your words or dealing with it in a healthy way, right? Healthy conflict resolution. You're going to bring it up in a certain way. You're going to say mean things, right? I'll tell you, I've watched people do it. I've watched people do it. They are so hurt on the inside. They're carrying that hurt on the inside. They're just waiting for a fight. See it. Hurtful people hurt people, right? And a lot of times they really do have some hurt, some things that need to be dealt with. Oh, but I've watched it happen. They're just looking for a fight. Sometimes 
Like they come to a church, they new to a church, and they're looking for a fight. You're like, I ain't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? They want to be negative. They want to complain or whatever. They want to fight. But other times, it's like in their own family, right? Like, you know, you show up at Thanksgiving, and that, just like that dude, right, the uncle or the aunt or something like that, all of a sudden just causes a scene, you know? And you're like, what? They were just looking for a fight. I'm telling you, because why? They cause strife. They're mad. Now, and I'm not saying, again, that maybe that's you, and you, cause, cause you got, but, but they hurt me. But they hurt me, and I want to let them know. Oh, yeah, there's right ways to do it. And there's right ways to deal with that hurt. But sometimes, here's the deal. It's not that you don't need some breakthrough in your relationship. It's that you just want to get it out. You just want to make other people hurt because you're hurting. Hurtful, hurt people hurt people. For example, like this, Proverbs twelve sixteen: A fool's wrath is known at once, but a prudent man covers shame. Proverbs twenty nine eleven: A fool vents all his feelings. Proverbs twenty nine eleven: Vents all his feelings. People who are quick tempered fools, they just want to say everything that's it, right? And that's our culture, isn't it? Our culture says to you, you should be honest. Say everything that comes to your mind. Yeah, that's a great way to lose your job and ruin your marriage. And because words are so powerful, it will bring hurt to your own heart. Poison. Fool vents all their anger. Fool vents all their thoughts. Says everything. Just say everything you think. And you will hurt people. You'll hurt yourself. Break relationships. And it'll bring division. Listen to this. Proverbs 29, 22. This is important. An angry man stirs up strife and a furious man abounds in transgression. You see a person who's got anger issues? They've got sin issues. Guaranteed they're bound in other sins. That's why dealing with anger is so important because when you get angry, you shift into the flesh and you'll do whatever your flesh wants to do. Like I said, you'll bring strife or you'll bring division or you'll say things you shouldn't say or you'll go and do other sins like addictive things. In hurting other people, you'll bring yourself into bondage. A fool who gets angry like that, you see that? A furious man, a quick-tempered man is bound in transgression. Fall right into that stuff. Right? This is a big deal. Now, what's the root of this? Okay, what's the lie that we're believing? There's a number of things here. Number one, James chapter 4, 1 says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You see that? Number one, anger is rooted in selfishness, in a selfish desire unspoken or unrealistic expectations that we put on other people because I expect you to be perfect like God and meet all my needs. When we make other people God, they will disappoint us. And so what happens is we have these selfish desires inside of us, envy, comparison, coveting, and we have these selfish desires that are inside of us. And when those selfish desires are not met, James says, hey, where does that division come from? Where do your fights come from? Why are you yelling at each other, right? Hey, husband and wife, how come you're just bickering? Hey, husband and wife, why are you getting in that fight? Maybe it's because there's selfish desire there. No, 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 no. She doesn't do this. She doesn't do that. I'll tell you, a lot of times in my relationship with my wife, a lot of times I'll get frustrated because I believe a lie that I'm not appreciated or I think I'm doing more, which is not true, right? By the way, it's great. My wife's in the nursery today, so she doesn't hear this. No, I'm joking. I'm I'm messing. No, no, I get frustrated. I've gotten a lot better, but we've been married 11 years. I get frustrated, and I'll tell you, Right off the bat, we're married, newly married, and I'm getting frustrated with her, and they were stupid, petty, little things, expectations that weren't realistic, or frustrations because I'm just selfish. We need to realize that. Another thing, another thing about anger, right here, Proverbs 25, 28, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. The issue behind anger is that the person who's quick-tempered, the person who loses their temper, right? I mean, literally, that's the word we use, right? It's because we lack self-control, which is a fruit of the Spirit, right? This is a root issue behind anger, especially outbursts of anger and the things, like I said, where we say things or do things that we shouldn't. We're losing self-control. We need self-control. Listen, any of you who have an issue with anger, like myself, listen, every angry person, thinks they're a victim to that anger. People who lose their temper, explode or whatever, they believe the lie 
that this emotion, because it is very overwhelming emotion, by the way, very overwhelming, okay, like fire, literally, like heated up, right? They believe that they're a victim to that anger. They believe the anger is controlling them, and they believe they're a victim to that anger. What they're really doing is they're a city without walls, letting that anger overrun them and control them. Hmm? Yeah? Look at James, uh, James chapter 1. You don't have to look there, but uh, let me read it to you. James chapter 1, verse 14. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when, he, his desire, then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. What happens is we have these deep cravings in our heart to be right, to revenge ourselves, to avenge ourselves, to control other people. We have these deep, selfish desires, and when those things aren't met, that desire causes us, it pulls us away into these sins like anger. In fact, look at this uh, in, um, in James chapter 1 as well. It says, verse 19, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for listen, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Interesting, isn't it? For the wrath of God does not produce the righteousness of God. See, wrath has to do with judgment. God, because he is righteous and truth, when he judges sin, it is out of righteousness. Somebody has hurt somebody else, somebody has wronged God or broken the law of God. His wrath, the Bible says, is righteous. He is the righteous judge, and he's the only one who knows other people's hearts, so therefore he's the only one who has the right to judge, as the judge, but also as the all-knowing God, yes? The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Why is that? What what about righteous anger? Uh, That's different. Here's the bottom line. You're not the judge. You don't even know anyone's heart, and you have no right to judge. But an angry person feels the right to avenge the right to judge and even punish other people. That is a lie, right? The truth is you're not the judge. The other part of that lie, like I said, is that you feel like a victim to that anger when the, that's the lie. You really are responsible. So here's what an angry person will say. You made me angry. They made me angry. But you don't understand what they did. But... I'm only human. What you're saying is, I'm not responsible for my own reaction or response to that person's or to that circumstance. You're saying that I am not responsible. I am a victim to that anger. That is a lie. You and you alone are responsible for your own emotions and your response to other people. You are. You are. Imagine there's this big button on your chest. It's called anger. For you, it might be a different button, but for me, we're just going to call it anger, all right? There's a big button on my chest. It's called anger. When somebody pushes that button, or I push that button, bad things happen. You know what I'm saying, right? Okay, so like for you, could somebody pushes that button on your chest, boom, and you just start cussing, okay? Boom, stuff comes out of your mouth, right? By the way, that's what the Bible means by evil speaking, okay? Cussing is a manifestation either of impurities coming out of your mouth, like lust, or it's a manifestation of anger. If you cuss for other things, I don't know. We'll talk about that another day. But 99.9% of the time I've heard cussing, it's because of anger or lust. Therefore, it should not be coming out of your mouth. Okay, there we go. Now, let's say, boom, you push that button. Now, here's the deal. You will say, they pushed my buttons. They made me angry. But you don't understand. It's your button. Number two, that button is attached to something. Okay? If I, like, like a... Like a, like a uh, Human bomb or whatever. What's those people called? Those uh, terrorists or whatever? You got this button. There you go. You're like a suicide. Yeah, that's right. You're a suicide bomber. Blow up your own relationships. Okay? And that big button called anger is attached to something else in you. A hurt or pain. Okay? It's a response to hurt or perceived hurt. Fear. But it's attached also to that selfish pride. I want, I desire, me. Here's what the Lord wants to do. He just wants to cut those wires. Cut the green wire, right? Lord wants to help you defuse the bomb. Because here's, here's what the Lord is saying. A person who's walking in the Spirit and getting free from anger, the button doesn't work anymore. 
You're no longer a victim. You know how to have self-control. Okay. So we need a way to deal with these lies, right? These victim mindsets. Victim mindsets. All right. So, and we're uh, going quick here. A lot of my anger came from a deep-seated belief or feeling that I was not known, understood, or cherished. Now, I could have never put that into words years ago. But when I was 16, I came to Jesus, and God the Father began to reveal to me His love. He began to show me, man, I know you. I'm your dad. I understand you. I love you. Now, it wasn't anything anyone did that was wrong, so I'm not trying to blame anyone like my family or anything. But listen, I believed, deep down I wasn't understood. What would that do to me? Oh, man, I get so mad at people, right? I didn't trust people. I would withdraw from people, but also I would get mad, right? Right? So I'd judge you before you could judge me. I would be very defensive if somebody was wanting to correct me. I was a very angry person. Right? My anger a lot of times though manifested by my alone. Okay? So a lot of times I just blow up, break stuff, you know, hurt myself, cussing, a lot of that kind of stuff, junk coming out of my mouth. I, was very, I would get very angry at God. Now it's one thing to be honest with God, but when you're angry at God, you're just wrong. So I don't have time to explain that. We'll explain it another day. So I would say things to God, and I would voice lies out of my mouth that really were just, it just did not help. It didn't help anything. God was loving and patient and dealt with me, but I needed the truth to set me free. And so I didn't know this, though. Does it make sense? I didn't know this. The Lord began to do this. Same thing, when I get, got, got married, and even before I got married, the Lord showed me. He said, you fear other people's rejection because you fear my rejection. I don't know what you're talking about, right? What is the Holy Spirit doing right there? The Holy Spirit is taking me in the truth of his word and saying, you get mad, you get defensive out of fear. But it's it's rooted deep, right? And he literally said to me at that same season, right before I was going to marry Michelle, he said, he said, you you won't be able to love Michelle rightly until until that issue of me, of you being afraid of my rejection is dealt with. What? You know what I'm saying? These are the kind of things the Lord will say to us so what's going on there? What's going on? What's the, what's the wire he's cutting? What's the wire he's cutting? 1 John chapter 4 says, perfect love drives out all fear. What the Lord began to do is he began to take me deep into some stuff in my life. Again, it's the same gospel, but applied to some deep root issues in my life to say, look, I love you. You don't need to be afraid of my rejection. He took me to Isaiah 54 and say, now that you have peace with God, through Jesus, I'm not mad at you. And he began to deliver me from this wrong mindset that God was mad. Because guess what angry people do, especially religious angry people? We begin to think God is mad so that we can justify our own anger. That's what I did. But what does the Bible say in Exodus 33? God is slow to anger. So he began to show me, I'm not like you. And he began to show me his love. Now what's going to happen? What happens? All of a sudden now I'm feeling his love towards me. And now he's painting a picture in me of patience, compassion, slow to anger, gentleness. What am I doing? I'm watching God do it. I'm watching God love me that way. And all of a sudden he begins to show me to love that way, right? Okay. The other one is in 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1, where it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. So if Christ is in you and he's patient, can you be patient? So the truth, okay, so the lie is that you're a victim. The lie is, 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 is the, and, and the lie or that root of that sin is the selfishness or uh, uh, that kind of thing. The Lord wants to get in there and wants to heal that wound. Wants to get in there and heal your heart with love. He wants to get in there and he wants to cut away those lies of victimization and say, no. You have been given a spirit of power, love, and sound mind, or self-control, literally, sound mind or self-control, meaning the Holy Spirit in you is enabling you to be self-controlled, control your words, control your, the, what you do, and get that emotion in, under control. That's why in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, it says, be angry and do not sin, because there's a way to process through that emotion so you don't end up in the wrath of man right? Trying to revenge or punishment or outburst. But you can release those things to the Lord. So this is the truth that would set us free. 
So, I'd re- so this is what I would do. I didn't even realize this is what I was doing back in the day. But the Lord was taking me to these scriptures about his love. And he was showing me, this is who I am. This is how I love you. And he was breaking the stronghold. He was cutting the, the wire. And a lot of times it would bring so much peace and rest to me, I didn't even have to react and explode anymore. But then in areas like in my relationship with my family, like my kids or with my wife, as I began to meditate on, I have self-control. I have the spirit of self-control. It helped me to get control of my anger. Let me give you an example. One time, there was, um, there was, it was a season of my life where I was really entertaining, this was a few years ago, entertaining a lot of anger towards some people and some bitterness, and it was building and building and building and building. And one day, I, li- I exploded on somebody. I mean, uh, I could tell you it was warranted. I could explain the whole thing to you and make sure you knew why. I was right to get mad. But no, I mean, I literally exploded. I just yelled at the person, ripped their head off with words, which was common for me. I, you know, I don't have the muscle, but I have the words. Now, I hadn't done that for years. Does that make sense? I mean, we're talking like I walk in a peace. I walk in a gentleness. I don't get mad a lot of times. I might get frustrated, like I said. I get irritated with my wife, and I let it go. But literally, like, I ripped this person's head off. Okay, then that, like, the next day, my son was disobeying his mother, this is like, he's like four, you know what I'm saying? It was like three years ago. And I ripped his head off. I just yelled at him. He starts crying. Now, he did something wrong, but he, he, did, not, he did not deserve my anger. Guess who I was mad at? All the other people, right? You know, whatever was going on. And I, be, I went before the Lord, and I said, Lord, I need you to purify my heart. See, sometimes, it, sometimes it's seasonal things that build up, right? And it's going to explode. It's like a pressure can. You either release it the right way, you're going to release it the wrong way. And so I had to deal with that kind of stuff. One time as I was meditating on these, um, well, let me tell you, when that, after I exploded on my son, I went and I apologized to him, my wife, I confessed that, that stuff to my wife, confessed there was a lot more bitterness in there, you know. Hey, that's coming from a lot of other stuff, right? But then I began to go back to the Lord, like I just said, and began to meditate on his love, go back to these scriptures and let him heal those things. But another time, I was actually in level three as well, when I began to really learn how to get self-control over some of these things. I would get frustrated with Michelle. I'm telling you, not warranted, okay? So don't ever think there's anything wrong with her. Frustrated with her. And I remember one time just getting frustrated, and what I would do is I'd get silent, I'd pull away. But then you know how you just say dumb things, right? Anyone, anyone else? You just say dumb things, mean things, because you're not really dealing with the real issue, okay? So this is what would happen. And it was a cycle in me. It was a cycle in me and then in our marriage, of course. I began to realize Man, I have the spirit of power, love, and sound mind, and I can choose whether or not to walk in gentleness or I can walk in this other, other way, right? I can choose the flesh or the spirit. I began to really begin to understand that and see it clearly as I meditated the word, okay? I have the spirit of power, love, and sound mind. I have the spirit of power, love, and sound mind. I can walk in gentleness. I can walk in patience, okay? One time I got so frustrated with her, right? So frustrated, something dumb. We're driving in the car, and we had to go and stop and get in... Uh, I had to get something out of my car, and then we were going to go together. And literally, and it was such a gracious thing by the Lord. I park the car. I get out. I'm going to get something in my own car. She's there. I'm fuming, thinking of how I'm frustrated at her, dumb things, right? Okay? So my thoughts are going. I'm justified in being angry. It's overwhelming emotion. And I literally, and I had been practicing this. I really was like, and you know it was the Holy Spirit, right? I could be frustrated, let it build, and then maybe in a few days, I'm going to let this thing go. I take it before God. I'm going to let it go. Maybe I'm going to talk to my wife in a healthy way. I'm going to let it go. Or I could let it go right now. I had never had that thought before. Really? You could just let it go. I didn't know that. I could let it go, right? Do you know the Proverbs say, it is the glory of a man to overlook an offense. Even a real one. I would just had a perceived dumb one, right? Even a real one, just let it go. Now, we're not talking about speaking the truth in love. We'll talk about it another day. But like literally, there are so many things that just wisdom says, let it go. Don't say it. Let it go. Let it go. So literally, right there, I'm getting in my car. I get something out of my car. I was like, Holy Spirit, thank you. I choose to walk in the Spirit. I let it go right now. I got in my car. Apologize. We talked about it. We worked it through. Bam, we're done. I'm getting better at that. I don't do it all the time. I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better at what? Shifting into the spirit. Why? See, what am I doing? Number one, expose the lie. I'm not a victim. Expose the selfishness and repent. Confess it as sin. Number two, 
see the truth. The truth is I am not a victim. I'm responsible. This was the biggest thing when I was newly married. I'm responsible for my emotions. I'm responsible. And I cut out those words of you made me mad or they made me mad. And I said, I choose. I embrace that responsibility, right? And then I began to walk in the spirit, okay? Some of the strategies that we, we don't have time necessarily to go into, but like I just gave you one, a, the glory of a man to overlook an offense. The glory of a man to overlook an offense. These are strategies. If you'll take those strategies, when I find that in the word, I don't beat myself up. I find that and I go, ooh, that's the key right there. That's the clue. If I'll do that. And so I'll meditate that and I'll let the Lord show me how to do it and the Lord will speak to you about how to apply that. For example, Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I was the most harsh in my words. I've been learning how to be gentle in my words. Even as I discipline my kids, I'm learning to keep my words gentle, not raise my voice, which doesn't always happen. And Nancy says, amen. Good thing John Paul and Michelle aren't here. I'm learning, though, little by little, to keep myself gentle and not have harsh words, even with my kids when I'm disciplining them. But listen, why? Because a harsh word will stir that wrath up in your own heart and in the relationship. You keep your words soft. What is that? That's a strategy. They're all over the Proverbs. Things like let it go, not venting all of your emotions, speaking with gentle words, <clears throat> a lot of things. Even that one I read to you in James 1.19, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Why is that? Because an angry person wants to be right, wants to tell you what they think, but listen, it takes humility to say, I'm not going to judge you until you talk to me. You ever been mad at somebody before you've really ever heard their side? All the time, right? We prejudge people and we accuse them. We accuse their motives. The wisest thing you could do is to say, I will not get angry, but I will listen. Tell me what's going on. And then you can say, hey, that really hurt me. That really hurt me when you said that. And then they can explain and you can say, oh, you didn't mean to hurt me. But what we want to do is get angry instantly, tell them, you meant to say that. You did this. You, 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 right? See, slow to anger quick to listen. Tell me your side of the story. See, these are what? Strategies. Strategies. Okay? So what am I doing? I'm going to the Word of God, and I'm meditating the Word, and I'm letting Him heal my heart with His love, and I'm meditating and seeing myself obey God. I'm seeing Jesus be patient through me. 1 Corinthians 13 is one of the big ones for me. Love is patient. Love is kind. Right? It's not irritable. It's not rude. It's not harsh. I just meditate 1 Corinthians 13 over and over again. I meditate the fruit of the Spirit. I meditate it over and over again every day, every day, every day. I see myself being gentle, patient. I see myself not being harsh. And what practice makes perfect. Amen? Practice makes perfect. What happens? When you're meditating the Word, love is not harsh, love is not harsh, love is not harsh. And then you say something harsh, what does your coach do? That was harsh. The Holy Spirit shows you, and guess what? Practice makes perfect. You learn from your mistakes. You don't have to walk in condemnation. You say, oh, that was harsh. Love is not harsh. Love is patient. Love is gentle. And you begin to shift, and little by little, little by little, little by little, you get stronger and stronger and stronger at getting, being self-controlled, stronger at being gentle, stronger at being patient, and you get free from the anger, and the Lord releases the fruit of the Spirit in you. Amen? Okay, so what are we doing? I'm telling you, if you have this issue or any issue, find the lie. Go into the Word of God. Find the lie. Find the truth that will set you free. Look for the clues. It's there. The Word of God has it. And number three, look for strategies. Anything that gives you command, commands or wisdom like in the Proverbs, right? this is why we have to be in the Word every day. Church, this is it. Because you need day-by-day, real-time coaching from the Holy Spirit. Proverb a day keeps stupid away. We do not read the Bible for religious reasons. This is why you need to be in the Word constantly, crying out to the Lord constantly because you've got to be working these things constantly. And I guarantee if you'll do this, if you'll do this, if you'll find the lie, cut it off, you'll find the truth, stand on that word, I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus, and you'll find those strategies and you'll begin to implement it, I guarantee you'll get breakthrough. This is exactly what the Lord has done in me. Exactly what He's done. So that I can begin to walk in patience and gentleness to people. So that I don't say those dumb things anymore and I bring peace to relationships instead of brokenness to relationships, right? I mean, my wife will say to you, my wife will say to other people, 
man, yeah, David's just such a patient pastor. I'm thinking like, with only the grace of God. And I do. Mostly I walk in so much patience towards people. I really do. And I'll tell you, that's not who I was. That is not my personality. Not at all. Not at all. Many of you don't even know that about me. So much of how the Lord has helped me to get control over my anger and be able to walk in patience and gentleness towards people is only the grace of God. And I'm still working on it, like I said, with my kids and such. But little by little, I'm getting free. I'm not, I'm not, in, I'm not in bondage to anger anymore. I might get mm, heated up, and I know how to let it go. I know how to deal with it. I know how to talk the right way to release those things. Okay, last one is when it's that real thing that somebody has hurt you, the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God, right? It's about taking them off your hook and putting them on God's hook, right? Romans 12, revenge is the Lord's, okay? See, that's a strategy, saying, Lord, I forgive them. I release them to you. You're the judge, not me. You're the judge. You see, these are strategies. All right. Clint, lead us in response.